Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to AudioPie's series of the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. We started off the series talking about the genre of the book and how Haddon leaves us a lot of freedom to interpret the book based on our own experiences, views, and opinions. In this chapter, we're going to go over the structure and plot of the book. By looking at techniques Haddon uses, we will then be able to comment on their purposes and effects. Before you even start reading the book, you'll probably be a bit confused by the first chapter being numbered as two rather than one. This isn't explained until chapter 8, or 19 as it's written, where we learn that the narrator, Christopher, has used prime numbers to number the chapters, instead of the normal 1, 2, 3 cardinal numbers. This gives us an insight into his mathematical brain, and the way he thinks more in terms of patterns and not emotions. The story is narrated in first person by Christopher, who tells us how he starts his own murder investigation and goes on to find his mother. We are allowed into his own mind, which turns out to be quite different from what we may expect. We touched on this in the previous podcast. Through this first person narration from someone suffering from a mental illness, we have the unique opportunity to be allowed inside a mind that would normally be completely closed. The book opens with the dramatic murder scene of Wellington, the dog. It instantly grabs the reader's attention, especially as it describes how there was a garden fork sticking out of the dog. The next chapter shifts from detective story to Christopher's life as he gives us information about himself, such as he knows all the countries of the world and their capital cities. We can see this shifting between two types of chapters throughout the book. Haddon juxtaposes chapters that move the story forwards with others just full of Christopher's own thoughts. When the tension and drama that Christopher goes through with his parents and trip to London become very intense, we are given a light-hearted rest. A good example is when Christopher finds the letters from his mother and has a breakdown in his room. His father finds him curled up, having been sick all over himself in his bedroom. We are really drawn into the horrific scene inside this small bedroom. The following chapter, where Christopher talks about how brains are computers, is humorous and fun in comparison. The matter-of-fact style helps it to feel like a nice break. The language in these two types of chapters also differs slightly. Christopher's thoughts are written in simple and sometimes quite repetitive language. For example, in the first chapter, he repeats the word dog nine times in the first paragraph. This doesn't become annoying, though, because there is also longer emotional prose in between. In the second chapter, when Christopher introduces himself, Haddon includes pictures of faces showing different emotions. He uses this to explain how Christopher has to try and learn about emotions because he doesn't understand them on his own. This is another clue to his Asperger's syndrome. The pictures allow us to see exactly how our narrator thinks and the obstacles he comes across in everyday life. Apart from the faces, there are also maps, diagrams, tables and other pictures. These reflect that it's a 15-year-old child writing the book, as well as his autism. Apart from Wellington being killed, the major events in the story centre around Christopher and his parents. 
He realises his mother is alive and living in London, and then, on top of that, he finds out his father murdered the dog. Christopher then behaves very out of character by running away from his father to London to find his mother. He overcomes small problems on his way and attempts to try a different life with his mother. Although he ends up back with his father in Swindon, he admits to himself at the end of the book that he can do anything. He's changed from the nervous boy at the beginning of the book to someone who has used his own resources and initiative. Yes, although Christopher finds out who killed Wellington in the middle of the book, the end to the real story of him and his parents is still yet to unravel. So, Haddon uses a mixture of techniques including first-person narrative, pictures, juxtaposing intense and humorous chapters, changing writing styles and the murder of a dog all thrown together beautifully to give us an entertaining and thought-provoking story about mental illness and how families struggle to cope with it. And that brings us to the end of this podcast on structure and plot. We hope you've enjoyed it and tune in next time to hear about the context of the book. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.